Welcome back to the Luca Light Cards Podcast Episode 2 with Ben from Flooding Singapore. And as I bear my collector's soul to you, newsflash, it's prohibited in Singapore to be naked and be in the public line of sight even if you're in your own house. Get that. If you've made it here, thank you so much for listening and feel free to leave your feedback on my Instagram account, lukaboom 77 Seven seven in numerical digits. Um, right now, I think it's timely to cover a little bit of how I re-entered the hobby. Since uh, Luca might be listening as he starts buying his own rookie cards, he might need some help there. Um, the genesis of my reinduction into this hobby happened one night uh, when my older brother Kelvin, who was leaving for Manila to do the good work of the Lord, decided to preach his final sermon to me. He sang high praises and gave me the lowdown, uh, coupled with the lubricating effect of beer and the sexy oyster omelette we had for supper. I was well and truly baptized once more. With the blessings from my brother in card and blood to go forth and multiply, I read the word and did the work. Sometimes my head would get so dizzy and confused with the many acronyms and unfamiliar card lingo. My mind was constantly moving a lot faster than my hands could research, but it was clear that even though I've bought cards a long, long time before, the landscape now has taken a quantum leap of change. Uh, from the times of water cooler talks and friendly butter trades for a McDonald's Happy Meal, to a world now powered by technology, lightning fast internet, and many, many deep, deep pockets. Uh, social media platforms have led this change uh, by providing an omnipresent hub for content of all sorts and a 24-7 marketplace. Uh, transactions are no longer limited by geography. Uh, it goes as far as the reach of internet. Uh, and the transaction amounts are also staggering, trending up at an alarming rate. And it's no surprise that auction houses have also entered the fray. Uh, the product itself has also taken on a new coat of paint with fancy superlatives like chrome and prism. Uh, they've even added some Tony Stark-inspired you know, upgrades with autographs and player-used merchandise that are embedded on the cards, uh, from jersey patches to, to shoe swatches. Uh, surprisingly, hologram 3D effect kind of cards did not survive this revolution. So all in all, a general uptick in quality but sometimes old is still good, old is still gold, at least to me. Uh, which reminds me that I'll create an episode on my walk down memory lane to acquire some of these uh, grill cards from my poorer past. Um, at this point of time, I'm only reading and watching this, uh, but I didn't really have the chance to lay into it and experience it in a hands-on manner. Uh, but I'm a kind of handsy guy, uh, which guy isn't right? What's good in looking but not being able to physically embrace it? It's like how I enjoy caressing the lovely lumps of my Medicom bear bricks, uh, hearing the uh, gentle clicks of a vintage quartz or the smell of musky notes on uncirculated vintage currency. And that's a little bit too much information. Uh, moving on, uh, before we get touchy-feely, um, a quick disclaimer before I start. What I'm sharing um, is my personal view and thought process um, and this is in no way uh, saying that this is gospel in how you should start collecting. Uh, you should do you and I'll do me. And that's the beauty of any hobby, isn't it? Um, to embrace a commonality, commodity or collectible in our own unique perspective. 
um, from listening to other podcasts, I realized that truly no man's an island. Uh, and I do acknowledge that having a different opinion sometimes helps uh, to hone or sharpen our own individual acumen. For starters, let's begin with who to buy. Uh, you probably know who I chose by now, uh, but if you asked me back then, I'll be lying if I said I knew he would become the player he is today. And as with everything and as with collecting as well, uh, there's always the element of luck. Uh, but by identifying who, you establish a focus not so much on a specific player, for example, like Luka Doncic, but a unique profile of players with a consistent theme and specific attributes you value adjusted to your risk appetite and investment horizon. Uh, for me, I was looking for a franchise rookie with great stats, uh, good review from peers, uh, consider their circumstances of how they rose to fame, their off-court and social media persona, and how they engage the media or even just blend with the team. I mean, all that is great to gauge uh, their optimum aptitude and attitude uh, to have a chance to succeed at the highest level. But in terms of realizing monetary value, uh, this is a slow burn or even sometimes a bust. Uh, so with a focus on Luca, I also had a few smaller satellite portfolios uh, of players such as Diallo, the slam dunk champion, Trey Young, uh, the runner-up rookie of the year, Triple J and Bagley. Um, this is all in, in the hopes of diversifying and not to put all my eggs into one basket. And in case Luca flops, uh, the rest will hopefully pick up the slack. And moving on to how to buy, uh, I think if it's uh, 10 years ago when I was in primary school, uh, it will be as simple as walking into a card shop, chatting with the owner, browsing the glass cabinet, and you know picking packets or boxes or cases of cards, and then you 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 try your luck at you know hoping to pull a golden ticket, you know, the shiniest piece of cardboard. And that's all great, right? And that is so thrilling. Um, the kind of feeling when when you, 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 you pick the card or you find the card that you're looking for, the kind of euphoria, it's really quite um, hard to put in words. Um, but I think from the perspective of value, uh, when you buy a box of cards, uh, what you are doing is you're essentially buying a basket of players. Some you intend to collect and some you don't, right? Because you don't choose. It's, it's really up to the luck of the draw. Um, but in essence, your risk is diversified because you own every player, which may vary in value, but the collective value will help you recoup the cost of the product. I mean, ideally, um, when when you uh, look at the cards and when you check on the value, you always would want to see that the cards add up to the cost of what the product was, if the box or the packet was, right? Uh, but, you know, boxes nowadays are no longer, you know, that cheap, I would say. Um, they could set you back um, close to uh, $500 to $600 for a, you know, mid-tier kind of a product. And the more expensive ones are in the thousands. So uh, it is really quite 
prohibitive. Yeah, if if you know you have a, a smaller budget, but of course, with the proliferation of social media platforms as a marketplace, uh, came a a more uh, budget friendly uh, solution, which is um, uh, box breakers, right? And and basically these uh, sellers um, actually break up the box into smaller affordable lots. Um, and these smaller lots are broken down by teams or players for many um, consumers to partake. So for example, for NBA box break, they will sell it in uh, 30 different slots. And obviously you can pick the team that you, you support and, and buy that team. And essentially you will then receive the cards from the team that you bought. And if you ask me, I find this a way better option um, to, to start collecting uh, because of the very low initial outlay. Because um, by breaking the box down into 30 slots, uh, it becomes a fraction of the box price. And you, in essence, will only receive cards uh, you have set out to own or collect. means no wastage, right? Um, and you will not end up with non-PC. PC is card lingo for personal collection, non-PC cards. Uh, but in the same breath, you run the risk of going hitless, which means none of the cards from the box belongs to you, uh, to your team or the player you bought. And your equity in the box will translate to no physical asset. I mean, this is the risk that, that you will have to undertake. And that was simply something that I believe that I could I could live with, uh, and so I, I really aggressively uh, bought into box slash case breaks. So now I'll have to browse the virtual glass cabinet to decide what to buy, right? And that's the fun part, to be honest. And during that period, there were a few products that were uh, either readily available or new releases. And just for simplicity's sake, um, I'll just classify them as either affordable or expensive. Um, so with a budget in mind, I bought aggressively into cheaper products. Uh, but I was, I was being more prudent, uh, deliberate, and spaced out with my purchases on you know the more expensive products, which I told you that the boxes uh, that goes up in the thousands of dollars. And, and so, my, my thinking and strategy here is really that I, I do have a limited budget. And in order for my dollar to have the maximum mileage, I wanted to be exposed to the largest quantum of uh, boxes as possible. So I increased my chances of hit, hitting cards uh, that I um, set out for. Um, and this goes back to the idea that cards are assets, right? and assets have value. So if I have um, more Dallas Mavericks, you know, in across more boxes, um, then I give myself more chances of hitting Luka Doncic, which will then obviously um, increase uh, my little card collection or little portfolio of cards. Um, and having attended a few fine art appreciation events where I mostly couldn't afford anything because it was mostly for work, uh, the best takeaway I had was always start any hobby 
cheap or expensive uh, with a very clear and immovable budget, right? Um, the world can be your oyster, but I still need to put rice on the table, you know. <laughs> so if you forget everything from my podcast, just remember this, uh, that, you know, if you intend to buy cards, budget is so important because it's really a slippery slope, you know, and the temptation is is really, really large, especially now with, you know, um, if you join Facebook groups um, and then uh, there's just constant uh, feeds about, you know, case or box breakers having certain discounts, certain fillers, certain rares. Um, if you're not careful, you know, you might go on tilt and <laughs> it won't be pretty, I would say. And there was this line a box breaker uh, always used and, and I didn't really like it, to be honest. He used it to egg people to, to be braved and to buy more. And he says, scared money, don't make money, right? I mean, as much as they are facilitators of the hobby, very, very necessary lubricant or, or fabric, you know, to help collectors uh, thrive. But, um, you know, you must understand that they are still a business. Uh, and, and for a business is to be profitable. And the last I checked, uh, they would rather you not have a budget. And sometimes uh, it's up to yourself to to manage that part of um, your, your buying habits so that you enjoy this hobby responsibly. Um, another way that I help to, you know, make sure that my budget is kept intact or, you know, um, have the um, maximum mileage is for me to try to uh, reduce some of the uh, exchange rate costs that I incur as a Asian buyer because we mostly transact in US dollars, right? And so um, I'm sure uh, most countries would have their own uh, banking solutions, uh, be it, is it a multi-dollar currency account or is it a debit or credit card that helps you store uh, foreign currency at a cheaper rate? Um, these are all avenues that you could um, look to, um, making sure that you know um, you, you you save money on on that, because PayPal's rate, oh, they are exorbitant. So um, in the long run, it might really eat into your budget uh, to properly enjoy uh, the hobby. And speaking of control, I I feel that this this episode has been quite a lot of information and I and I apologize if it comes across uh, that I'm becoming a bit naggy <laughs> uh, but I would really like to keep my uh, episodes short and I, I hope that uh, being short and snappy would help you to absorb this information that I have and uh, you, you, you find it more enjoyable to to listen to my experiences and if I put anyone to sleep you know, next time if you do have uh, insomnia, you know who to listen to. Uh, but um, yeah, that's it for today. Um, so just stay calm and keep collecting and I'll catch you later.